0: is the season to be frightened it's october which means that yards in our neighborhoods are filled with graveyards and ghosts and goblins and all manner of scary things got to watch out as you walk through or something might jump out from behind the bushes is the demonic realm real how are we as believers to engage with it this is considerate where we're considering questions regarding
1: life, theology, and the church. Consider it is a ministry of Redemption Bible Church
0: here in Brownsville, Texas. Do you have questions regarding life, theology, or the church? If so, text the word "Redemption" and your question. 4 7 4 and we'll consider your questions. To learn more about our church and everything we're doing here, visit
1: redemption.bible. I'm Aaron Orozco and I'm Blair Cushman. Let's consider it. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today on Consider It. Today we have a really interesting question that was submitted. It's a two-part question, and it's it's really asking two things, um, but similar topics. So let me, let me just start with it right up here. It says, in America, we have a lot of reality TV shows like AGT, America's Got Talent, that often features magicians, telepathic, and mediums. What does the Bible have to say about this? And then the second part of it um, is, what is going on here? And they reference the the passage First Samuel 28 and specifically um, verses 14 through 20. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know that that uh, passage off of the top of your head, uh, no worries. We will go into it. But let's let's uh, you know, Blair. Let's let's jump into that first question. Yeah. It's an interesting question. Right. Um, maybe one that we've not. thought. As Christians thought about and and you sure. know that's really what this podcast is all about, right? Just trying to think uh, about the world around us yeah. through like a biblical lens. And so I think the the user uh, the the person who submitted this question is kind of realizing that you know today in culture, in movies and shows, uh, kind of all around us, there's this um, you know hyper spiritual maybe magical. Uh, f- Fantasy kind of, right. um, you know, th- theme in a lot of our in a lot of our culture today, yeah, right. and and so what. What can you say about, like, how could we maybe approach that, biblically speaking? Right, what, right. what does the Bible have to say about right,
0: that? Right. Yeah, I think we are seeing an increase in things of this nature, you know, to where it is popping into shows like America's Got Talent, you know, and it's yeah. being inserted like you have somebody that is singing, you know, this, you know, beautiful, moving song and then dancers and then puppeteers and then, you know... A, Medium, it's like wait, wait, wait. Are, when did these get yeah. on the same level? Yeah, you know, and so you just kind of see its influence uh, in uh, in in the various things like on TV and other media right. and and whatnot. But here's here's the thing with, with and this, and well,
1: and just but, for a clarification, medium as in like that's someone who is. Quote-unquote, communicating with someone who's not in this world, who does not exist physically, right?
0: Exactly, exactly. So, you see it like uh, psychics or, you know, there's all kinds of words like the Bible uses or others that we've seen. Necromancers or spiritists Mm -hmm. or... Uh, yeah I mean there's there's just all kinds of words there but that communicate with the dead sure you know is uh is kind of a thought here so um so yeah we see it and the response really in our cultures really like most things is there's two extremes yeah one is just extreme ignorance like we don't think about it we don't talk about it we don't engage it it's just like not a thought at all or a um or a, a hyper attention a over fascination with these things and just the diving into it and becoming so wrapped up in it that it just kind of like overtakes your life and it's the thing that people are thinking about you know and right. that, uh, unbelievers uh, you know fall in those categories and even believers you yeah know, you meet some that are just all about you know the spiritual realm and yeah. you know attacking demons and you know fighting spiritual warfare kind of things and 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 it's like all they ever talk about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're just like these, you know, demon hunter kind of, you know, folks that are just over obsessed with it. And so neither of those things I would say are right. And so there but there is a a, a biblical vertical mentality, like yeah. in all things, that we have to take. We can't ignore it, but we can't become obsessed by it. And so we have to acknowledge the reality that there is a spiritual realm. For sure, there is a realm out there that we don't yeah. fully understand. And, and, yeah, and that's biblical, right? Right. Yeah, there is. I mean, Paul references that, mm-hmm. you know, and he talks about the heavenly beings and all right. that, and and all throughout the Bible, we know that there is a spiritual realm, that there are demonic forces out there, and so we can't be ignorant of it. So we have to. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge it and then also understand our place as believers of where we exist. Because we exist in the physical realm. Whether sure. we think you know, whether we think we have access to the spiritual <laughs> realm or not, we exist here. Yeah. You know. We don't invade the spiritual realm, even though the spiritual realm can maybe invade here in the physical realm. Um, now I know there's all kinds of books about people that have <laughs> gone to heaven right. or gone to hell and come back and seen things, but um, I would challenge the credibility of their testimonies in in many cases you know for sure Um, especially uh, if we pair up their testimony compared to what we can see in the scriptures oftentimes they don't line up uh, in that way and so so we have to acknowledge it and then we have to understand where we where we go and so what does the scripture just teach Mm -hmm. about these things in general yeah well if we go back to the old testament law it's like you know it's kind of riddled yeah yeah. it's
1: riddled with all these kind of stay away from these things stay away from from practicing yeah right? Strong yeah. language,
0: and so like here's uh, this is Leviticus 20 in in verse six. Um, he says, "As for the person who turns to mediums and to spiritists to play the harlot after them, in other words, like to commit spiritual prostitution, to uh, turn your back on your spouse, on to, to your husband, the Lord, on mm-hmm. to you know these mediums and spirits, God says, I will also set my face against that person and will cut him off from among His people." Hmm. Rather, verse 7, you shall consecrate yourself, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. You shall keep my statutes and practice them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Again, in uh, Deuteronomy. Uh, chapter 18, verse 9. He says, when you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you, you shall not learn to imitate the detestable things found in those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or da- his daughter pass through the fire, one who uses divination, one who practices witchcraft, one who interprets omens or a sorcerer, or one who casts a spell or a medium or a spiritus, or one who calls up the dead. Hmm. Whoever does these things is detestable to the Lord, and because of these detestable." Things the Lord your God will drive them out before you. You rather, verse thirteen, shall be blameless before the Lord your God.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, So
0: there's the call to holiness. Right.
1: Well, and I mean, it's it, it's interesting because it, it's worth mentioning that in, in the Old Testament, these kinds of practices and people aren't like. You know, like right now, you think of mediums, uh, you know, uh, those tarot card readers, telepaths. Yeah. Th- those are like these like weird kind of archetypes, kind of like extreme people right now in, in society. You know, like y- there's not just like a culture of people, you know, out in West Texas who just practice that. Where in the Old Testament, actually, that was a very common thing. That, and God was specifically calling uh, his people to be different. Right. But I think it's it's worth noting that... that there while, while it's in society at large today there's it, it's not as common and it's not as like the norm right. like it was in the old testament for right. for you know uh not the people of god right. you know to be in this kind of culture that's normal and you practice that right. uh it's not any less dangerous today right. right it's not you know we can't be naive to thinking that oh you know it's not it's not around and it's not really a big deal. Right, right. And I think it's worth noting also as well, that's not to say like, you know, if you're your kid's, you know, showing you a, a card trick, you know, he, he's practicing divination <laughs> right. and you should cast him out. Right, uh, right. but but we do know there's those those real instances and those real practices of where these people are getting into into trying to like access like you were saying this spiritual realm. Right. Um and I think it's we need to be very careful and be very uh, discerning uh, of those things. Totally,
0: totally, yeah. And there's like. I mean, there are cultures and people groups that do exist. I mean, there right, are like witch right. clubs For and sure. things like that. Yeah. In certain but it's sectors. like
1: a subculture. It is. It's yeah. like a
0: subculture. And, and and yet there are still some tribal cultures that are. And even like in Haiti, you know, there's still yeah. very much alive a, a voodoo presence that's, um, that is tied to their nationalistic identity. Yeah. Because they believe when they re- got their freedom back... I, can't even remember the date in the 1800s something when they were granted freedom, uh, from France. They, uh, you know the nationalistic leaders at that point attribute it to voodoo, and so yeah. it is very tied into their culture mm-hmm. even today, and their liberty uh, from this, you know, very dark realm. And so it's it's out there, even though it maybe is not as prevalent here in the True. U.S. Um, to where most of our listeners um, are. And so, uh, but the the interesting part in this is that it's a, don't miss the contrast that even the Old Testament gives. And yeah. some of you might be like, Wait, I thought like that you read from the Old Testament law like that's that's non-binding to us the new testament picks this up again and in uh, in in both james and first peter but here's james 4 verse 7 he says submit yourselves therefore to god resist the devil and he will flee from you draw near to god and he will draw near to you Mm -hmm. you know And then it goes on, cleanse your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, you double-minded. And so there's this call again to holiness, to submission to God. And so the contrast, both in the Old and New Testament, is uh, you can either follow uh, evil things or you can follow the Lord. Yeah. Uh, This call to holiness. And remember like a call to holiness to be holy i am is not a call to perfection it's a call to distinction hmm. we live differently than the world around us yeah. whether it is overtly evil seeking you know the demonic realm or just apathetic and you know not caring one bit about religion mm-hmm. um, both are rebellion to God and so the call to Christ followers the call to any that have followed the Lord whether old covenant or New covenant people of Israel us is to be distinct distinct. Distinct from the world. And it is not distinct when we are chasing after these kind of spiritual encounters when sure. you're going into the spiritual realm. Sure. And to say that is not a, you know, to go to the opposite end of the spectrum and be ignorant of it or just to avoid it at all costs. No, it's we resist it. And so, you know, to go just answer that question specifically, what are we to do today, you know, about shows up on a show like America's Got Talent? Well, I don't know that the calls necessarily turn the TV show off and don't watch that. Right. Um, you know, understand what it is, mm-hmm. understand that this is a ruse, you know, that it's real, but it's ultimately a ruse and it's just kind of in there. And yeah. you don't have to be taken captive by it, you know, as something that is truthful. You understand what it is and, and you know doesn't mean you have to necessarily stop watching that show right now there are other shows Mm -hmm. unlike america's got talent that are just outright that are just outright i mean i don't even know the titles of them because i am just avoiding them but the witch hunter type you know the ghost haunted house type shows um you know those movies that are just clearly evil um, that are highlighting um,
1: this like demonic spiritual yeah, thing you know, yeah
0: every Halloween we're yeah, in October yeah. right now and yeah. so every Halloween they're gonna come out with stuff like that mm-hmm. you know and if we as Christians are going to watch that to be entertained by that <laughs> I think we've crossed the line we've yeah. missed the point like that's sure. not what we do culturally speaking and so even though like you said there's not like this subculture that is worshipping it there it is right front and center mm-hmm. yeah. media. And so if we're going back to that yeah. if we're hooked on a show like that if we if we love that feeling, um I would say that's a heart issue, right That's, that's going after um and uh exposing yourself to yeah. a dark world that is so dangerous, yeah, um that that isn't gonna lead anywhere good that's not drawing near to God, so he will draw near to you. It's drawing <laughs> near actually to something quite contrary to the Lord, right. And I think you know maybe going off on a
1: little tangent here i think that's that's something as as christians today especially uh, here in the west in kind of our affluent you know world Mm -hmm. and culture and society it's something that we don't really want to kind of admit or kind of give into but the truth is is that when we you know like that like like watching a movie like that like i think i think of you know all the paranormals that came out which yeah. is literally what we're talking like paranormal activity you know exactly. uh, stuff like that i think when you start giving just announce and you know we're not worshipping it, we're not taking part of it we're not going to go later and try to reenact what's going on and be parting being trying to be part of a sans or anything like that but right. i think what the devil and and what what he's trying to kind of do is almost just desensitizes totally. to it, you know what I mean? And and that doesn't mean that I'm not saying I'm not drawing a line that we you start watching these movies and then down the line you're gonna be you know you know worshiping in this in this right. cult or anything. But really, what it does, it kind of like hardens our heart to that kind of stuff. Right. And I think that is what Christians today right now that we are the most assess- susceptible to in our culture. Yeah. We're just putting these little kind of on the line things that we don't fully have to engage in, but we're like, right. you know, it's our entertainment. Uh, and really all it's doing, it's kind of like just callousing our hearts to that totally. to that sin. Another, another thought I had when I heard you uh, as you were talking is, and I think it's a more maybe a, a little more practical thing for christians today that that we're dealing with and even you know we don't have, i don't think we have a ton of time to go into it but I, it's kind of infiltrating the church a, a little bit and it's kind of this new age yeah. kind of movement where you're talking about this really hyper-spiritual yep. um, not informed of course but this hyper-spiritual experience uh, and and you hear it a lot the, these people talking about these kind of dramatic experiences of them maybe visiting heaven yep. right. or just kind of being like transcending their own bodies uh, yep. and, and that's I think something that that as Christians today we need to be really alert to and, and to yeah. be discerning to to, you know, kind of resist those things and not really entertain them. Right. Yeah.
0: That's the call too, is to yeah. resist it. And you know, like how it infiltrates the church is, you know, when like these out of body experiences. Yeah. And so like we people come to church for the high, the way right. that it makes me right. feel, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's the music or whatever is the stimulus for that. Mm-hmm. Um is actually kind of a dangerous thing because right. that's not what it, like our worship is informed yeah. it is engaging right. our mind like yeah it does make us feel a certain way yeah. but, it, it, but that's informed based yeah. on like we are overwhelmed by the love of Christ right. and what he's done on our behalf who mm-hmm. don't deserve it that makes us feel a certain way not just like right. because you know the music was super awesome mm-hmm. or the way that that person spoke or prayed or did whatever yeah. you know removed really well, us and,
1: and again we don't have a ton of time to go into it but if you if the more you look into that kind of new agey movement Mm -hmm. and and circles you see who is the main focus it's yourself right it's this experience for you it's this like feeling of of you know kind of this ultimate bliss and you're using different means to get there right Uh, and so in a worship service uh, that's completely opposite, right. right? You're not there for that. Like right. the the, the center, yeah. The subject of worship and the experience is not you. It's actually yeah. the opposite. We're actually there to like glorify Christ, and He is is the subject. Through Christ, right in His right. work, Amen. Um, yeah,
0: Amen. That's a great, great point. It's just so selfish. I mean, it's it's almost like an addiction, right? Yeah, like which is maybe even strange to say, but you're going seeking a high. You know, right. it's for you, and so you're mm. using all these other things in order so you can feel a certain way. Yeah. Well, if you just kind of take the just, just take a step back. What does that sound like? Well, it sounds like, you know, drug use or something like that. You know, I'm doing this because I want to feel a certain way and it's about me and I don't care that it's illegal. I don't care that it's about somebody else, but this is about me. And uh, and it just totally turns us away. It goes back to the reason why we avoid, the reason why we resist is because our call is to be holy. Our call is to be distinct and to live differently from the world, and, uh, and God has called us to that um, in a, in, a, in a repeated way all throughout Scripture, in the Old Testament, New Testament, and so as it, like pertains to First Samuel twenty-eight, that, yeah. that is kind of a confusing passage. Yeah. You read it and you're like,
1: "Wait, what in the world?" Like, um, can you and, just give like a real quick summary for, yeah. for the listeners? What what yeah so 1 here? First Samuel
0: twenty-eight is uh, it's it's towards the end of Samuel's or uh, of Saul's life, rather. Saul was the first king in Israel. Um, And at this point in his life, he has had the kingdom removed from him. And subsequently, the spirit of God has also been removed from him because he turned away from the Lord. He tried to occupy a spot that was not his and offering sacrifices to the Lord. Um, He had a divided heart. He wanted, you know, he he turned away from the Lord. And so God removed his spirit from him and had appointed uh, now David as the king. Even though David was not the king, he was the next in line. It had been obvious through Samuel, who was um, really the kind of the prophet, the priest, uh, the leader, the spiritual leader of Israel in those days. He had both appointed Saul and then also uh, David had been the mouthpiece of God. But now Samuel has died. Mm Mm-hmm. He's died, and what had happened now that King Saul had the spirit removed, he became a fearful, angry, anxious, aggressive person. Person, he 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 was that way before becoming king. God put His spirit on him, and he became calm and collected and a great king. Till he rebelled, and then spirit's gone, and now he's crazy um, and paranoid. And he's like has this one pursuit of killing David. Chapter after chapter, it's like David is running, and it's like cat and mouse game. And you know Saul's throwing spears at David and going to all these means to try to kill this man and to try to gain wisdom. And so you get to First Samuel twenty-eight, and instead of turning to the Lord like he should have, he's now turning to a medium. He's at this uh, place called Endor, which kind of sounds kind of cool. Yeah. It's like a Lord of the Rings yeah, in the city. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought too. Um, and uh, I think probably Tolkien was maybe in uh, you know influenced by Old Testament names like that uh, instead of vice versa. but he goes and he seeks this witch or this mm. medium at Endor and he disguises himself he's trying to hide you know because he is the king and all that but it's in direct rebellion to the law yeah. you know what we just read in Leviticus right. and in Deuteronomy in direct rebellion he's seeking wisdom from the ways of the world sure. When he had like access directly to God in a very special way, mm-hmm. and so we don't. Again, we don't have time to go all into it, but in the old covenant, they didn't have the Holy Spirit indwelling them like we do today uh, after Christ and what He's done for us. Right, like, we have God's Spirit indwelling in us; they didn't. It was like a special appointment like that, um, and uh, and yet he had like access, and now it's removed, and he he's just you know does the unthinkable. He's, he, he goes and seeks this this uh, uh, this witch and really kind of in God's, uh, I think there's two pieces here, in God's judgment on Saul, he, um, in, in a very unique, this is not a normal thing. It's a reason, like, in Scripture, we have these abnormal things that are recorded. That's why yeah. it's recorded in Scripture. This is an normative thing that we should expect. Um but you know here now Samuel appears in bodily form and it's as if the witch has has like somehow resurrected and before him yeah. is standing this bodily uh, figure Which of Samuel
1: has died already he is already dead right.
0: yes. Yes, And so we can't make too much of this. Some people have kind of like created crazy theology. We don't create doctrines out of narratives. Um, We don't see this the rest of the place in scripture. Um, But God really miraculously, I think, uh, supernaturally does this as one an act of judgment on Saul to say like, I see what you're doing. Yes, you are trying to physically hide yourself from this witch and from everybody else. I know what you're doing. Mm. You know, it's kind of like when, you know, when we're, you know, getting into mischief or something and, uh, you know, we're doing something, maybe we're at a party or we're, you know, (laughs) doing something and, you know, your small group leader shows up, the pastor shows up, you know, your parent or somebody and it's like, God has, God is watching you, you know? And so now, Samuel, who has died, shows up there. But in the way that only God can do and we see him do repeatedly is even in an act of judgment to say, Saul, I see what you're doing. It is also, I would say an expression of mercy mm. and a call to say to Saul to say, "I see what you're doing. Now turn your heart and come back to me. Right, repent repent. Mm-hmm. And so Samuel is just kind of like a figure of that, but it's not like Samuel being the mouthpiece of God to Saul his you know, especially throughout his his kingship. But to say come back, right. and our response matters in that. And fortunately, we know from Saul, he doesn't do hmm. that. You know, um, he goes and eventually he's killed in battle, and then David becomes the king, and and he's you know got his own legacy as a right. as a the rest king. Is history. Right, Um But only only God can do yeah. that. You know, and uh, and just the way that God can do. Um, doesn't because Saul did it doesn't mean that we should go seek these things. This right. isn't this isn't an example to follow. This is a sin to avoid. Right. You know, in every way, and, uh, and
1: God God intervenes in a very unique, in a unique like you said, miraculous right. way. That uh, it, it's important. I think I like that you pointed that out. We don't make our doctrine or theology from, you know, these stories where God intervened in a very very unique way. Yeah. Um, that's another thing I've I've just seen, like, I've heard in this New Age culture that, like, you know, these things are, like, of the church. Yeah. I think that's a good example of where, like, sometimes people grab, extrapolate from these stories that right. really, like, that is, that was not supposed to, supposed to happen. Like, Paul, right. uh, Saul is not supposed to be right. there. Like, God, again, like, in, in grace and mercy is intervening, right. trying to
0: bring him back, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And this, you know, this is just a way that only God can do, which is right. what the gospel is. Mm-hmm. You know, our call to repentance and faith is both a warning like hell awaits. Yeah,
1: for sure.
0: But also a call to mercy to yeah. say, but there, salvation way, is yeah. available. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in every way we have to, we can't, we can't water down the warning, mm-hmm. but we can also accentuate it to where it's louder than the call to grace. Yeah. But we can't quiet it, Mm. you know, to the call to come to Christ, you know, and those, but both of those have to be true. Like, you have to turn away from sin. The call to holiness is to live a distinct life, and God offers that uh, to any who would believe on Christ. And so, that's, you know, this this is the way that only God can do. He does that, and like, we think back to the flood, it's an act of judgment upon Mm. the earth for its extreme wickedness, but also, you know, you get chapter 8, verse 1, and God remembered Mm. Noah and his uh, unbelievable grace that he is showing to these eight people to save them. Yeah. Um. And and every you know every book of the Bible is somehow like a similar story hmm. like that. Um. And uh, just calling us back to this uh, judgment is real. Yeah. You turn away from the Lord and. You should feel conviction, For sure. you know? and if you don't, that's troublesome. You know, Saul apparently didn't because the spirit had been removed from him. Hmm. And we too, even though as even as like genuine believers, like we can quench the Holy Spirit um, and not hear the voice of His conviction. And so we have to be careful of that. But it can also be exposing, like maybe you don't have the Spirit of God in you. Right. Um, right. And uh, that's a that is one yes, a terrifying place to be, but also like a The most profound question you can be asking, right? Because if that is even the thought on your mind, then turn to Christ absolutely and follow Him in holiness. Mm. You know, submit to Him, draw near to Him, and He will draw near to you. Right. That's our pursuit. Not these things. Not through these TV shows. Not through these movies. Not you know through whatever these experiences and going to see psychics because your spouse has died or whatever it might be. No, we draw near to the Lord, not near to these fanatical things that aren't aren't for us to to pursue.
1: Yeah, and this is this was a really you know appropriate question for the season that we're in, and I think it's it's just a, a good. Uh, reminder for us as christians you know we are living uh not outside the culture but we are in the culture but we are called to be set apart and different so i think this is a good just reminder to just be uh discerning spiritually discerning the things that are happening uh, around us especially with with those of those of us us as new guys who have children you know especially but even for ourselves just being uh, careful and discerning of what right. we're letting ourselves, right. you know, be entertained by, especially because I mm-hmm. think that's the biggest thing that we kind of let slip. Right. What's entertaining us, um, but yeah, we we want to be pursuing Christ and drawing near Amen. to Him. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in to Consider It a ministry of Redemption Bible Church here in New Broncos, Texas, where we are taking on questions regarding life, theology, and the church. If you'd like to submit a question, text the word REDEMPTION and your question to 474747. If you'd like to learn more about our church, visit us at redemption.bible. We thank you for your support in listening, and we hope you'll join us next week as we consider it.